Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. All right, welcome to Blue Collar Interviews. we got a podcast today with Austin Linderman. He's one of the investors in Edison Motors. Uh, welcome to the show, Austin. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, um, as Chase said here, my name is Austin Linderman, and um, I'm a logger from uh, southwestern Alberta, so we're we're kind of in the Rocky Mountains where they first start uh, in the in the province here, right down in the Crow's Nest Pass. And I've uh, got a got a small logging company and trucks and all that fun stuff. Ah, cool, cool. Chase, that was a rambunctious intro. We need that more often. You're you're gung ho. Ready oh, to go. sorry. Uh, I <laughs> oh, really gave good. her to her on this intro. Yeah, that I was guess. good. Excited. <laughs> well, I'm awake. I'm ready to go, boys. Yeah, Austin. What do you tell us more? <laughs> okay you run some uh pretty old equipment actually austin bought one of the trucks i was looking to buy that's how i first kind of even connected with austin when i recognized that old orange winch tractor you had i'm like i was gonna buy that old truck was this another was this another richie sales buy no no i think this was kijiji oh okay do tell austin yeah no i was uh i was looking for a truck to pull my low bed and you know uh being poor as I am, or as I feel like I am, anyways, <laughs> I was surfing the uh, surfing the web there, and you know, kind of had a budget, so I just happened upon that one. It was up in Athabasca, of all places, and uh, yeah, it was a '73 Kenworth with a five and a four, and had a, a nice big winch on it. So figured I'd go up and have a, have a look at it, and it actually was in really nice shape like for uh you know it's a com- completely original 73 mm-hmm. and it is it's straight like you know it was sitting in a field so it had a mouse house and the headliner and stuff but nothing ah. nothing yeah. terrible like brand new rubber on it and uh you know just a small cam 350 and we went up and made a deal with the guy and uh yeah brought, drove her home it's a nice slow drive at 95 but we yeah. made her shaking oh, all the mice out 95 is not too too bad my old bed truck with a five and four only gets up to like 85 90 but yeah she... <laughs> yeah it, it's it's turning at like 95 is you're you're pushing it that cummins is just screaming at that so yeah I, hey I, I didn't even i didn't even mention this chase is actually gonna make me edit this out um we were driving his five and and four and uh what happened there, Chase? Did, did, did that go smoothly? Five and four. Uh, there was there might have been a stall. There might have been. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I got it all is... fucked up in my gearing. It had been about you know it had been about eight months or so since I drove took that old five and four out. Get to the first big hill and I completely had a <laughs> mental fart. I'm like, what fucking gear was I even going for? <laughs> completely forgot like i got the auxiliary into neutral right as i got the main into neutral and oh yeah i forgot what gear i was going for like just completely brain dead at the time and we ended up kind of pretty well almost rolling to a stop in the hill i had to chase her eight down to first gear and fourth and yeah i didn't tease you too bad i don't even know how to drive one so i would have teased me i I would have teased me i haven't rolled to a stop like that since i was learning how to drive truck and (laughs) God, that old five and four with the two sticks will make you feel like you're learning again. Oh, yeah. 
it's uh like with them things i i find you know you'll have a good day and you'll have a bad day you know one day you'll you'll shift that thing won't won't scratch a gear the next day you just go oh my god what am i doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that okay. seems like a hundred percent the way it goes with those call me girls. terrible but even even with even with a normal transition i feel like there's the odd day not 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 every other but there's the odd day i'm just out of it sometimes the gears get a little little more ground than normal well it's, that's the way it goes ah it happens to the best of us i think I oh, mean, you're, I'm, you're, oh, go ahead oh no you go ahead you're the guest here i was just gonna say it it doesn't matter what you're in you you know it could be a brand new 18 or whatever and you're just daydreaming and yeah, it, yeah. you go to shift and you don't even know what you're shifting for you get it in the neutral and you go eh. Yeah. Why was I doing that? I have that bad. Yeah, Daydreaming at 18, shifting out and be like, where else am I going to go? Yeah. Oh, there's been so many times where I've been in 18th, the highest gear possible. Yeah. And I'll go to grab another gear. And I'm like, <laughs> that, that was already in the gear. <laughs> That's all I can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah I happens. mean, at least the Edison truck, I guess, won't have that problem. No, there's we'll just be a uh, foot to one the floor. One big gear. It's, yeah. it's not even an automatic. It's just one big gear. Yeah. Just foot yep. to the floor. Yeah. Well, your foot can't go any further. I guess that's all you get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once you get a red, red, red grade out to the max, that's when you're at the max. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a bunch of heavy haulers just grab a brick, throw it on the full, on the uh, throttle of the Edison. And, you know, there, there you go. Wide open. That's all you need. Yeah. Now, you no know, cruise control, just an on switch for max power. So when yeah. you're on a big, that's actually not a bad idea. When you're on a big switch. hill pull, you just flick the one switch and it dumps as much power as it possibly can to the drive motor. So you can relax, take your foot off the floor like a hillbilly cruise control. I, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I feel like that's a good way to die. Well, that's the way the old trucks worked back in the old 60s. They had that manual hand throttle. You could just pull right out and get her wound right up and just let her bark on the hill with the hand throttle pulled. Yeah. I mean, mine's still not that. <laughs> yeah, a couple of my trucks still have that too, and I've been lazy on a hill before and pulled her wide open. And oh yeah, I mean that's that's the old form of cruise controller. You got a long straight stretch where you're pretty well holding the throttle in one spot. You just long and flat, let the cruise pull the throttle out. And the only the problem with that cruise control is it's not like you hit the brakes and it releases. If you forget to release the throttle, you're not gonna <laughs> you're still gonna yep. have throttle in an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. But but, it's, but to be fair, the car probably shouldn't have cut you off anyways. So fuck them. <laughs> yeah, and you're not go- in them old trucks. You're not going that fast anyways, really. So, <laughs> well, I mean, by my math, the old Edison truck should be able to get up to like 200 kilometers an hour if she's got some long legs on the gearing and the motor can spin to 10,000 RPM. And oh, yeah, nobody, nobody needs to be going 200. <laughs> <laughs> just an old six cease log and track 200 kilometers an hour down the coke i mean uh, the motor might power out before you get that kind of momentum up to that speed so but i mean theoretically the motor should take you there could you imagine the rattling in the windows and doors and body panels at 200 <laughs> on the on the 69 hole yeah gosh. <laughs> i could only imagine that, that i don't know what would be scarier all the rattling or when you get up to that high speed and she just smooths right out. I don't know which one would be worse. <laughs> I would be pretty scary. I, I don't know if there'd be much smoothing out going on at that point. 
I don't know, you ever take a truck up to like 160, 170, you hit this weird spot where she's rough at like 120, 130, you get up to 140, 150, you crest 160, and suddenly she just gets smooth. Like, have you ever had that happen before? Like, where the wind drag, all of a sudden you're just slicing through it? I yeah. have not. I, I had an old uh, 77 Ford um, camper special three-quarter ton. And, I mean... Probably wasn't the smartest thing I ever did, but had that old truck up to about 170 racing a guy. The four six, I just held it to the floor till that 460 was on valve float. Yeah, you and could visibly was, see the fuel gauge going down. Yeah, that's right. But it did smooth <laughs> out. And then I kind of thought to myself, "Geez, this has bias ply tires from probably 1977 on it. Should probably stop doing this." <laughs> yeah see i've had that same thing but i was in a loaded super b and i got her up to like 170 why why five at 180 somewhere I, don't there. Su- like I-, I don't support any of this <laughs> well i was coming down that big ass hill uh out by fox creek and down into the smoke and i just it's a long straight stretch of the downhill and i kept my foot into the floor on it and i had her round up about 130 135 so right as I crested the top of the hill, I kicked her into old Mexican overdrive to see what she would do. And she was doing about a buck 70, buck 80 by the time I hit that bottom valley. And I crested the other side at 120 still. Like, was hammering. But once you get it up and over 150, I tell you, that truck smooths right out. And you go, it's like that old four from like, she's just shaking. I'm like, oh, she's cooking on her. Oh, she got really quiet. This is how <laughs> worse. This is too peaceful. This is too calm. Oh, if no. anyone is listening to this from the RCMP, this is just a joke and a story as a hypothetical example. Yeah, yeah none of this. We happened. definitely have never taken a truck over 120. Nope, never happened. Uh, <laughs> oh, I used to run with one old guy, guy, and he used to old logger. He coming out of Merritt and that big hill into down Helmer. I used to know that guy. Like you could, he would let it run. He'd leave that top of the hill at a buck twenty, and he'd let kick that thing into Mexican overdrive, Mexican ride it in neutral overdrive. at like hundred and sixty all the way to merit. I just like Mexican overdrive. That's that just sounds funny. Oh, yeah, I yeah, I I, I have a gear. Yeah, gear twenty, gear twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I I haven't quite got that brave to do that with any of my trucks yet nope i keep her safe (laughs) oh that was when i was back in the days young and dumb (laughs) you're back when you're like 19 20 and you think you're indestructible in this hypothetical scenario that i never actually did (laughs) yeah and then you think about it later and go oh that was yeah Oh yeah, even even as I say it out loud, I'm like, "What the hell am I doing?" Like, <laughs> like you blow a steer tire, it's just done. Oh, you're, yeah, you're dead. You're toast. <laughs> well, you might not be dead, but things aren't going very well. Oh no, you're dead. You're dead. If you wipe out a Super B doing 170, 180, you're dead. There's no yeah. coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, there's not much left. You like, I had a load of pipe on too. Like, there's nothing coming. There's oh, nothing going well. That would be nice. A nice fun pipe everywhere through the cab you've been scared little porcupine yeah i'm not saying it was a smart idea yeah <laughs> i very much said that this hypothetical idea was incredibly dumb good job chase good job and here 
And here I thought the founder of Edison Motors was a smart guy. Yeah, genius. <laughs> he's, I'm not, I'm not he's smart now. A smart guy. Yeah. I'm claiming to have made enough mistakes in my life that I've learned from things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not smart, I'm wise. That comes with wise, age. Wise, exactly. Okay. Are, you supposed to be, are you supposed to be old and wise? What's that song? Are you supposed to be old and wise if you ain't dumb and crazy or young and crazy? Something like well, that. Well, I mean, we've all done dumb things when we're young. I don't care. There's not a person alive that hasn't done dumb things. And like, I've never did really did the party and never done any drugs, never done anything wild and crazy like that. Speed was my thing back in the day. Like, I like to, I like playing with vehicles. That was my stupid thing that I screwed around with when I was a teenager. And I just got lucky, is all. Yeah, you're still alive. That's good. Good, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did something, right? You're still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then it's one of those things that, like, you start learning from things. Like you come up across a few bad accidents in your life, and then you realize you're like, oh, this. <laughs> People aren't indestructible in these vehicles. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I should be a little smarter as I grow up here. And you start learning a little bit more and a little bit more. And... Yeah, well, you know, you're still alive. That's good. Um, well, back to our guest, Austin. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe let's hop on over to that. Um, you, so you're a logger. Like you said, you're in the Alberta area. Um, you invested recently in Edison Motors. Um, where did that pop up? Like, did you just have Chase on TikTok, or what got you in with us? Uh, yeah, I got. I have Chase on TikTok. Was the first place I saw him, and then I think he followed me back on TikTok there, and then I added added him on Facebook a while back too. But um, yeah, that's that's where I saw him initially, and then the Edison Motors thing came about, and. I just thought that was a hell of a damn good idea. So we yeah. went with it. And yeah, it's definitely something cool to be a part of this early on. Like it's uh, still pretty fresh now. Yeah, yeah, I guess you got any questions for us, like as an investor? Well, I got lots of questions. Well, well, me and Chase were kind of discussing that. Actually, wouldn't be too bad if you asked some of your questions because there's lots of other investors who we can point them in the way of this podcast too, and maybe they can um get some of the answers they're looking for well i've to give you a little background on this one i've been trying to call everyone that invested over a thousand dollars because you know if someone invests their money with me i feel like you should have a right to call up the owner of the company and ask hey what's my money doing but there's been over 160 or 180 people that have invested over a thousand dollars at this point and yeah. that has been, I have been having to make 160, 180 of these calls over the last few weeks. So mm-hmm. adds up real quick. But I thought that there's also a lot of people that tons of people that were in for 500, 800, all those things. And I'm like, well, this is a chance to maybe have some of their questions answered from them. And they can listen to the podcast here because I, I, I just physically, I don't have time to make 1600 individual phone calls. Mm-hmm. I wish I could, but there's just the truck wouldn't be built for three years. I'd be oh, making that... phone calls. Yeah, we'd be looking like Tesla. Pretty much, yeah. So, Maybe that's um... what's taking the uh, the Tesla semi so long. Elon's just have to, have to phone everyone that made a pre-order. Well, did you get a phone call there, Chase? I, you know, old Elon hasn't phoned me yet. <laughs> well, sure what the might soon, but he has. Yeah, I, I think you guys have a way better platform than they even have dreamed up there. Like, I don't I don't so much as have, uh, well, I do have some questions, but 
Um, more of like I, I've talked to Chase a little bit, like just texting and whatever here. It is Chase, right? That's I'm saying that, right? Yeah, yeah, you're saying that, right? Okay, yeah. Sorry, bad with names. So my um, my, my name is uh, Big Sexy, by the way. It just looks okay. like it says Jordan. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so you're sorry. I'm just um, Jordan. You're you're a, a founder of this all too, right? Yeah, I'm a part of things. Okay. So basically, like for me, I'm as somebody that deals with, you know, trucks every day and equipment and all this stuff, like everything uh, you guys are kind of putting out for information. It, it's a great idea. And I'm, it, I'm so happy it's being done by, you know, regular guys, like somebody like me or somebody like, you know, somebody blue collar Canadians, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, that's one of the nice things is that it, from all the phone calls I've made, 95% of all the investors are all truck drivers, owner operators, or own a trucking company, blue collar company. It's, it's all very like, there's no big investors here. There's a, ah, there's a couple, but it's mainly all blue collar people who yeah. are funding this company and, and running and managing this company. And, and one day when we're public, there's going to be big investors who have nothing to do with blue collar, but they're going to be investing and in putting that money in. But for the founding and where the, like the main founders are going to be is all blue collar and truck driver rooted. And yeah. I like that. I oh. like the fact that we're not looking after tech investment. And I feel like a lot of these startup EV companies, they go after the tech investors <laughs> But then they've got to listen, like, as, you know, the CEO of the company, I'm responsible for listening to the investors and what the investors say and the shareholders of the company. If they're tech people, I would have to keep the tech people happy. But because our investors are all blue collar truckers, that sort of thing, I have to focus on making the truckers happy, which they want a good truck. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what I really like about it. Well, that's just the thing, right? Like, myself i'm i'm fairly old school like i that's half the reason i have old stuff is because i can fix it myself right so as far as what you guys are doing i i see kind of like canadians know how to build stuff pacific haze timberjack tiger cat like anything yeah. that's canadian built is built well yeah and i mean Look at all the biggest logging truck manufacturers out there. They got started, like you said, all in there. Yeah, Kenworth was made in Vancouver. They used to be a BC company too. Yep my uh, my gravel truck that '68 Kenworth of mine that still has <laughs> a Canadian thing right on the door. Canadian yeah. Kenworth manufactured Vancouver, BC. So That's awesome. Like and those were truck. Those trucks were built tough. Oh yeah, yeah Man. they're. If you look at that truck versus that winch truck of mine, you can see the difference plain as day that it's that Canadian built truck is heavier built. Yep. But like you guys are just, you're going to have a good product because a, you care about it. Like it's, it's not just something to make money for you. I mean, it is still as a business, but it's, it's also something that like, you know, you're kind of passionate about too. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. And um, like passionate about like Chase, like you, like this whole idea came off of you wanting an electric truck and just not getting it, and you wanting one, like wanting to actually use one and wanting to actually get into it. Now it's like, well, 
someone's got to do it. Let's do it ourselves and let's do it right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like I pre-ordered the Tesla Semi. I thought it was ugly and I thought it looked stupid. And but I pre-ordered. I believed in the power. Like electric drivetrain is incredibly reliable. Like a brushless AC motor will essentially run forever. They just don't blow off unless you mm-hmm. massively overload them or something like that. But they just they just keep running and running and running. Now, uh, one thing I actually I wanted to bring up because I've had this conversation with a few people with bringing this up. Uh, some people have the question like, hey, like, why are you still doing diesel generated? Why aren't you doing just electric? Like, isn't that the future? And the, the big conversation piece for that that people always seem to miss out on is we, we can't just switch to just electric power yet. That's not feasible. Like, you can't say, okay, let's take every semi in America and make it electric power and every car. Like, there's a lack of power production already. We, we did bring this up previously in another podcast, but just it drives me nuts when I've had that. It, it's not too many people who doubt it, but the few that do it, well, just do electric already. We, we're not there yet. We can't do that yet. So this niche market, not niche market, it's, it's, it's the whole next 10 years are, is going to be a transition period, maybe even longer, and we're going to be a part of that. Like, we want to run electric, but we can't just plug in every day at night. No one can do that. There still needs to be that diesel-generated power. And that's, the, with us, the, the advantage of us. Yeah, is that you don't have to rely on the grid. And the grid we don't have to rely on the grid. Charging exactly. 100 kilowatt, 200 kilowatt batteries is much lower than all these trucks that are going to run one, two megawatts of power. Like if, Yeah, like you said, that'll crash the grid. Oh, exactly. And people always seem to be like, oh, it's like Tesla's doing all electric. You know why Tesla's trucks aren't out yet? <laughs> they, that battery consumption isn't feasible right now. Like, it's just not there yet. So they need, they need probably diesel generation as well. But, uh, and, and if they were out, everyone who wanted to switch them, like, that power production isn't there yet. We couldn't and just switch to just electric drive. The yet. other fact is, is that a one megawatt battery, like even the smaller battery for a truck that'll run a truck for like seven hours, that battery costs about $250,000 US. My gosh. Our battery is, like on our truck, is about $2,000 or $20,000. Mm-hmm. And every, they last about five to seven years. That's where you start getting into like the, point where your batteries reduce to like 60 70 percent capacity it's just over time the cells start collapsing they start doing worse mm-hmm. so if you've got a truck that you've got to spend two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on every five years no one's gonna look at a truck and be like okay it's only two hundred and fifty thousand, or i could buy a brand new truck full brand new diesel truck for 250 300 like you could literally replace the whole truck with another diesel drivetrain or just replace the batteries. Well, people are just going to throw out the Tesla Semi after five, six years. At least ours, yeah, the even, size, it's only 20000 That's not bad. Every well, not, six years, you got to spend twenty on some new batteries? That's not well, as bad. Oh, sorry. I, I keep going. Cut you off. But not, not only is it every seven years, you might have to do 20000 but we're also still diesel generated power so like you might be able to stretch that like you're still running 60 percent capacity so you're not running as fuel efficient as possible but you can stretch it out a bit longer because you're still charging all the time unlike if you have an electric only electric only well then you, that's 60 percent capacity that's all your distance is we can just well you burn a bit more fuel but you can still go longer exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah no i did i didn't even think about that you're right it should go longer so that's us and we're geniuses no. <laughs> absolutely uh and we've, well, cut, we've cut off Austin completely. How are you doing, Austin? <laughs> well, I'm okay. Just relaxing, you know. 
Yeah. The, the big thing too, like to me, so my truck will sit up in the bush for a month, right? With the low bed hooked to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you do with a completely electric truck then? How would you plug plug it into a tree? Like <laughs> where your guys is, you, you know, I can solar panels with you, obviously. Oh yeah. 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 You need a whole or solar you... field up there. Or your guy's truck, I can use it like a normal truck. Right? Yeah. You know, it's exactly. gonna charge itself and then even like to me, I've been tons and tons of times, you know, something will bust on the truck or whatever. You got to limp home, right? You got to get it out of the bush or whatever. Um, your guys' truck, you could have the, the, you know, the motor could throw a rod. You can still drive whatever, two hours or whatever out of the bush and get home with a truck with a blown motor. Exactly. Like you have to majorly have some issues for our truck not to get back because the uh... Even at a 200 kilowatts or 100 kilowatts of battery, that is still 45 minutes to an hour of driving. You mm. can almost get two hours off of the 200 kilowatts. Hey, someone mentioned this to me. Might as well discuss things open on the podcast instead of talking about it privately. Um, um, if on the other side of things, if we had an electrical problem, like for some reason, um, is there? What if we did some sort of like PTO uh, drive too, like? If for a limp mode, like you could run off the g- the generator motor, is that crazy? Uh, I, again, I'm just throwing it out there because it was in conversation. Like you would really, I don't because like if you've got independent drive motors on each axle mm. or each hub with a hub system, you have four drive motors. You shit the bed and destroy one drive motor, you still have three to get you back. Yeah. With the axles, you lose a drive motor. You still have another drive motor to get you back. There's a lot of drive still. Yeah, yeah. You would you have, have to do a lot, really? like snap a frame rail. At this point, like you'd be nibbling on a Winchester, then switching over to PTO drive. Your day's real bad. Your day's <laughs> real bad. Yeah, and if it, it, it honestly, like, like he says, you can go as far as throwing a whole rod through the side of your block and still get you home. Yeah, like, if, were we really worried about the whole fact that like somehow you managed to grenade both rear ends? Like, just get a tow truck. I can't get, think, like, yeah, at this point you. You grenaded both rear ends somehow we, at the same time. We have so it, many it's backup plans. Yeah. This was a contactless. There was no moving parts for to grenade. How did you do that? <laughs> like, you have Dukes of Hazard your Edison <laughs> truck, and that is not covered under warranty if you tried to jump a train. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Good good point. Yeah. The one thing I was gonna ask you guys about with that thing, like I, I know you guys are planning on like regenerative bra- braking and stuff. I, or I believe you guys were. Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um I don't know if you guys had ever seen it, but the some of the older trucks there they used to use um they used to use a big electromagnet system torque. Is like a, a retarder. Yeah, the old are cat retarders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you are you gonna put something on there like that, or will the regenerative braking kind of work the same? Well, if you're, it's a retarder. I'm thinking of that's the one where the oil pressure they they kind of send out the lugs and the big flywheel spins around somehow. It's electromagnetic. I I don't really know the exact science behind it, but it's attached between the bell housing and the transmission. So that wouldn't really do anything because, yeah, it would slow the engine down, but the engine yeah, but... connected to the drive line, so the that retarder system wouldn't slow anything down. It would just it would reduce the the power output of your generator, 
But you can yeah, just but... shut the generator off and it doesn't make a difference on how fast the truck's going. So how's so uh, again, I'm not real well versed in, you know, solar or electric or all that stuff. So how does how, how are you going to do like the like to mimic a Jake brake? Will the regenerative ba- braking kind of do that then it'll turn any more than a Jake brake too. So how regenerative braking works is those motors that are spinning, you're putting power to it. They spin it. If you reverse it, you essentially turn those drive motors into drive generators and it sucks the equivalent amount of horsepower back out of the system. So if you have, you know, 600 horsepower put into your wheels, when you flip the regen up to its max setting, you have 600 horsepowers holding horsepower holding you back. Hershpers. Hershpers. Um. You got 600 Hershpers. Um. Well, that's like actually when you're talking about Austin, like you being say you're stuck in the mountain and the generator goes out, um, like you could t- do your trip down the mountain and like you have to worry about battery overload. Like you could be running too much power. Like you'll be gaining so much power through regenerative braking on a trip down the mountain. Okay. Like the logging trucks, I don't know what, ch- like I don't know if Chase, I don't know how much we discussed it, but I thought like with different trucks might have different packages and one of them might be for the logging truck might be an extra battery bank. Because yep. of your agenda breaking might be so aggra- like so aggressive. Yeah, yep. the, the one set of motors we were looking at per axle is uh, the equivalent of about 400 horsepower, 350 kilowatts. That's per axle. On a tandem, that's 800 horsepower. Now you've got a tri-drive, you've got 1,200 horsepower, and you can still make the steer axle have an extra 400 horsepower. So therefore, you got 12 plus 4, 1,600 horsepower. Now you got four axles on the trailer adding 1200 horsepower you could essentially theoretically have almost 3000 horsepower and that would be an ungodly i'm not even going to do the math on that level of torque but it's in the tens of thousands and you can put all of that power into braking yeah like you could put 3000 horsepower into braking in regenerative back yeah so they're no such thing as a runaway truck with us. <laughs> no, if you have a runaway with 3,000 horsepower coming down, the, you have fucked yeah. up so <laughs> massively. Yeah. I don't even know how you would do that. Well, like, 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 a, you, like you're in a slide, though, because like, you can still slide. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If sliding but, off the mountains, one but thing. But yeah, sliding. But, but if you have positive traction, like, <laughs> you're not running away. But it should help because instead of using your foot brake, you know, sometimes when you're going down a steep hill in the snow and you start locking up the jakes, yep. you got to ride that 10, 15, 20 pound brake application on so that all your tires are gripping. If yeah. you lightly feather on that regen, you can essentially run a 5, 10 pound application, but without touching your actual service brakes, the motors are doing that even hold back all on the hill. Like that's why it's ridiculous to ever need a drive axle on every single set of axles. But, you know, if you mm-hmm. wanted to spec it like some extreme grades or like a low bed that's in the hills, and mm-hmm. you were to put those, you have a nice even thing holding you back the whole way without having to heat up your brakes. That's kind of why you need it. And if you're flying down the highway at 110, you hit that regen, and it should be able to take a loaded truck from like 0 to 60 and like, 15 20 seconds it should slow you down and from um you know 100 down to zero 
in 15, 20 seconds. That's just nuts. Mm-hmm. We're talking That's... insane amount of power. Can you yeah. imagine being loaded like a highway truck in the U.S.? Just hitting the Jake should be able to bring the truck to a stop within like 10 seconds. Like that's an insane stopping distance on just your Jake power alone. You're going to want to make sure your loads are strapped correctly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see some bigger companies limiting how much regen you can have yeah. flow through. Yeah. Gonna have some logs going through the cab here right away. Oh, some guy hauling a load of pipe in the oil field just doesn't realize it's like a Jake turns her to the max setting, takes his foot off the throttle, and yeah. the truck into the ground. Locks yeah. up the tires. Jeez, you could just lock everything. Wow, wow, impressive. Well, it wouldn't lock it. It'd not off. lock it, but like pretty much, like you're like if you if if you went on max power, like you're telling. Not to, how do you explain this? Um. I know what you're saying. Like if you yeah, set on max power and everything was saying point that I want to run as a mental thought experiment because I don't know about this. Say you're running empty and you put all that power into braking and that kind of stopping. Could you? If the motor stops turning, it's no longer sucking power through the system as a generator. And if it's not rotating and sucking the power through as a generator, would it still be doing it? Oh, no, because I guess the momentum and the friction would be trying to turn it, mm-hmm. and it would be trying to hold it still. So, yeah, I guess you could lock up the tire. Um, Austin, you were texting us beforehand, and you can see we just we just talk about random stuff. Austin was curious in how these podcasts go. Like, man, we just start talking about random BS, and uh, yeah, look, look where we go. This is what we do. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, no, it's always good. This is one of the reasons why, like, even though it has been – I have spent a lot of time on the phone over the Christmas break talking to everybody. So many people, you talk to 160 people that want to be part of this and everyone has a different uh, little idea that I've never thought of before or a different question or Mm -hmm. they thought of a flaw. Like that's one of the nice things. I like finding out the flaws in my design way before I build it. I'm not going to pretend that our truck design is going to be the, you know, once we release a prototype that this is going to be the best thing ever made. That's why we're building a small prototype. Oh, that's why yeah. I always tell the investor too. Is like the plan isn't to build the off highway logger, the eight axle, the uh, tri quad right at the start. We're going to build a five axle truck just so we can put a slight, a smaller motor on it, and we can play around with a little few things because it's much cheaper to do it that way. Well, you got to you got to test it too, right? It's it's yeah. a theory essentially, right? So. You, yeah. you got to try it first before you go full scale. Otherwise, you're just going to have a full scale mess, basically, if you don't, you know, test and tune. Yeah, like we, we don't have a Freightliners engineering team here, exactly. We're no. not, we've got, uh, we got two mechanical engineers on board and an electrical engineer, but like we've got two guys giving us some advice. But. We're going to have to hillbilly figure this stuff out as we go. There's a lot of things that are like, we're not going to have a team of 20 engineers looking at every single detail. Because you know what? If we find out one thing doesn't work, we're just going to use the slightly cheaper parts. And if we blow up a part, we blow up a part. And, but that's the nicest thing about us doing just a, a simple truck that's going to work for people. Is it, I don't think you need that team of 20 engineers. I don't think that's necessary to build a truck, but to build a truck in 2021, 22, oh my gosh, it's 2022. To build a truck in this era up to what 
the social norm of semis is right now. Like it's all seemingly over engineered. Like you don't need that. You don't need that team of 20 engineers. Like I do think we're perfectly qualified to do it because we're just doing it simple. We're doing it with stuff that's readily available. Like we're just building a truck that's going to work and is simple. And I think we can, I think we can easily handle that. I wonder how many engineers one of those big trucking company has. Like you think Freightliner, they must have like at least a good 20 engineers working on this stuff. Are you stoking oh. the fire right now? Yeah, I'm stoking the fire because I'm cold. It's like minus twenty out. <laughs> um, I no, it's it, probably an insane amount of engineers. And then you go back though to some of these trucks, trucks like Pacific and uh, oh, what's the other BC logging truck? Anyways, Hayes. those older Hayes. You go back to there, like it probably was a very small team of engineers doing these rigs, like putting these rigs together. You yeah, know what? Or... You know what I really like uh, Pacific. Pacific, it was started. Sorry, this is super a tangent. We man, that's all we do. Pacific Haze thing. I like Pacific because Pacific was started as a fuck you to Haze. It yep. was three uh, guys at the trucks for Haze, and the boss pissed them off one day. So they're like, "Fuck you! We'll start our own truck manufacturing company." They went across the street, bought a warehouse, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we're building our own trucks over here now, Haze." Yep. Yep. And there ah, was I didn't know that. Yep. But even you think about it like uh, the other great BC logging or BC manufacturer there um, was Medill. I mean, this doesn't really have much to do with trucks, but just going off of BC, you know, builders. Yeah. Um, S. Medill, I believe it was Sam Medill. He was a blacksmith. And until, you know, recent times, they built damn good equipment. And it was just started by a blacksmith that that's what he could make money doing. So it was one guy started that all too. So yeah. Medill is famous in the logging industry for making good equipment. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It's just like a guy like guy like you guys starting it, right? It wasn't no big fancy, you know, million dollar company with eighteen engineers. It was one guy going, Well, we're just gonna build this and see what happens. Yeah. And um I I see nothing wrong with that because I think we can handle it. We have a great, great team, and uh, I'm really looking forward to our first build here, and I have a lot of faith in it. Me too. Me too. It's, uh, it's like you said, if we were to build a modern truck to all the creature comforts that you would expect in, like, a Class 8 highway tractor, like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be for long haul because this truck isn't going to be comfortable for long haul. I'm not going to say it's not uncomfortable. We'll take a lot of modern creature comforts. Well, and and not – how do we say it? Like, like we're starting with the, the kits. Like, what we're starting with is refabrication of older vehicles. Like, maybe one day Edison Motors will be releasing a truck that is up to the brand-new standards. But for now, and the first few trucks we release that have Edison on the front of them are just going to be – trucks for hard working individuals who are going up in the mountains or going out highway or uh, low bedding, like just good solid trucks is our main number one concern. Yeah. Well, it was 10 years down the line. Maybe we're making Cascadia cabbed vehicles, but for now it's just a good truck that people who want to get work done are going to use. Talk to so many of these working people, like, uh, you know, owner operators that are, you know, two, three, four truck fleets and they don't want all these modern, every single truck manufacturer is designing these trucks 
for the mega carriers and the long haul. And they're like, we don't need these features. I don't need this fancy of a system and all these trucks. Well, like you brought up on your one TikTok there, like the turn signal and not just the turn signal. Like I even think of like truck headlights. Like I go to replace a headlight, even not even that older truck. Like my, my, my uh, Freightliner is a 99. It's just a standard halogen light. You switch it out. No biggie. Headlights on new trucks, it's a whole assembly unit that you have to buy from manufacturer for way too much money. It's like, do I need that? Does it need to be that? Yeah, I don't need $1,400 per headlight headlights. Yeah. We'll just throw in a nice set of like the old square JDS speakers. Like I yeah. will just put on some like some nice speaker square headlights, high and low beam separate. So if you break one, you can just replace the other. That's all we need. That is mm-hmm. all we need. And that's a damn good headlight. And you're, you know, a thousand bucks for the headlights. All, but they come with a lifetime warranty. So, like, it's it's probably good. That's the one thing well, it will have is incredibly good headlights if we're building our own truck. Because that's like that's one of those things we need. Uh, I think I yeah, shouldn't have brought up headlights. Things so. from these 1970s trucks. Like Austin, do you care what your turn signal looks like? I I could give a flying fuck. <laughs> yeah, it does exactly. not matter. <laughs> exactly, like. like and you know what? That old simple style from like that 1970s Kenworth with like the diamond pleated like uh, fake leather headliner. That you're all right with that style, right? Yeah. Okay. Metal, the straight metal dash with the old analog gauges. Is well, that okay? I uh, to me, I'd rather have that in every truck now. I try and work on the dash and my old four C500, and you can't get at anything. Them old trucks, you undo the two screws, the whole dash folds down. Why would you ever go away from that? I still can't figure that out. Like planned yeah. obsolescence. Uh, planned it, obsolescence. Exactly. That is a hundred percent what we are going for, and that's what I don't know. That's what people like you guys want. That's what our investors want now, and it's oh. the thing is, there are some creature comforts that I think we could upgrade in a truck. Let's be honest. We'll put in some nice, comfortable seats. Some new. I'm all for good seats. I'm all yeah. for good seats. Yeah, nice legacy heated seat, leather oh, heated. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that dynamatting. I really. It's cheap. Yep. And it's easy. You just slap that dynamatting on the cab. Some nice soundproof insulation, and you have a quiet cab. That's all it needs. Yeah, I I agree you 100. Like, um, sorry to cut you off, Jade. No, 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 no. no. Um. But like you know, I I work my all my trucks fairly well. Not all of them, but my low bed truck where I work fairly often that winch tractor. And you know, I I don't. I've sat in you know 2019, 2020 Camworks. Well, I've loaded lots of them, right? And to me, it's like I what the hell do you need a touch screen for? What do you, what do you need half this crap for? All I want is to be able to fix the thing with a you know, a wrench wrap and a screwdriver and maybe a test light. I, yeah. I want a, I want a stereo so I can have some music. I don't even give a crap if it's XM or whatever. I just want some sort of music. I want good heat. And yeah, then like the majority of people just have Bluetooth off their phone. Just put a bl- little simple Bluetooth speaker with the, some nice speakers around and I, get uh... a legacy air ride heated seat that's nice and comfortable. Stick that in. Make it a quiet, comfortable cab. And yep. everything else utilitarian. Yep. I, I like the heat comment. That's one thing I want to want to worry about too. Good airflow, like nice, nice feet, heat warmers. Yep. Some trucks I've been in, you're got you got the 
air blowing at the window. It's nice and warm, but then your feet are freezing. Like good airflow. I'm worried about good airflow. We're going to work on that. We'll make sure it's nice. Yeah. Oh. Like, no, go I want to be, I want to be comfortable when I'm driving the thing. Don't get me wrong, but I just, yeah. some of the stuff is just so overdone. I guess you'd call it like, I even like it'd be no different than specking a new pickup or something. I want something that works. I really don't give a crap, you know, about all the bells and whistles. I just want something that works and doesn't screw up. And when it does, I can fix it. I don't have to call a mechanic. Well, that's like, yeah. like, like my, I had one Dodge here and then I got a new Ford. Like, even like you said with pickups, like everyone kind of bugged me because I had both like pretty plain Jane. Like, well, don't you want this? Don't you want that? I'm like, I guess. Like, maybe if I had a nice fancy car, I want everything. But in my truck, I don't care. I really don't care. Like, it's just, if it does it have seats? Does it have good heat? Does it drive? Okay, I'm good to go. Like that's that's my concerns. Yeah. I've I've thought about buying a new pickup and every time I look online at prices and what they come with, I'm just like, why? You know, my my newest vehicle here is like a ninety-six power stroke. And I've got a bunch of other of them like ninety zero Noah's Fords. I I like them trucks just well, I did before anyways, because they were cheap, right? They were a dime a dozen, and all the parts were the same. Now they're, of course, the price of them has gone stupid, but I, I just look at the option list on a brand new Ford pickup, like, for a work truck, and it's got this bell and whistle, that bell and whistle, and I'm like, I want it for a work truck, and I can't just get, you know, a rubber floor, cloth seats, and, you know, manual windy rolly-uppy things with you know, a decent stereo. Nope. Can't have that. You got to have this option, that option, that option. And if you want, you know, if you want these seats, you got to have this package and it's just like, Oh my God, why? Yeah. Also one other thing in the semi trucks that drives me nuts is that everyone is going to a wide cab now. Oh, Kenworth had to go to a wide cab and they had to take all the airlines out of the cab because there's so many electronics under the dash that they can't fit it in the old T-800 cabs now or W-900s. They had to go to the W-990, T-880 cabs. But the wide cab drives me nuts. And it's one of those things that they have built it around the long haul. They want the mega carriers that buy 10,000 trucks at a time to come to them and buy an order of, you know, five, ten grand, five, ten thousand of trucks. But I don't, the long haul and the wide cab has such shitty visibility. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And like, I don't know if you like to me, I, I'm a little guy, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty short and stuff. So to me to have the narrow cab was so nice. Cause I could reach across and, you know, roll the window down or whatever the wide cabs forget about it. Yeah. And you know what drives me nuts? Like, and it's not a thing for the long haul guys, but like, the local guys you put your lunch on the passenger seat or it falls onto the floor you can't reach it it is way too far you're like well i'll get that when i stop next yeah. i'm like in like the w900s and the like the long you can put your lunch box right on the passenger seat if you need to grab or you can throw your cell phone or whatever on the passenger seat you need to grab it it's right there oh yeah. you can you can you can hold the steering wheel and go back into the fridge and pick out what you want and then you go back to the truck you're fine <laughs> for the long haul guys yeah yeah these new trucks i can't reach the fridge and still touch the steering wheel it's ridiculous 
Yeah. Uh, not yeah. saying you should do that, anybody. <laughs> no, and if your phone falls on the floor, it shouldn't be a problem because you'll be stopped when grabbing your phone anyways. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like like with us saying, like, we've made a few comments about the long haul, though. Like, there's definitely maybe one day Edison Motors might be making a long haul version of a truck. I don't think there's anything against that, but it'll still be the narrow cab, the older looking gal. Very practical. It would have the amenities that you want but not overly done like the way things are now. Am I fair to say that, Chase? Yeah, I honestly, that's one of the things. With long haul, the advantage isn't really there for our hybrid system. It's just cheaper to replace your driveline in the older truck. The, you know, you're not going to get the fuel miles. You get the reliability issues. You get the serviceability issues, but you're not going to really get the big fuel mile savings on long haul with a hybrid that is one of the disadvantages because long haul in the states you've got eighty thousand pounds you get it up to highway speed and you keep it at highway speed you're not taking advantage of the regen braking that torque off the line acceleration isn't really there and if we're making trucks at a time we can definitely make it needle nose we can make it more streamlined we can make these things into it that have a slight you know you're talking a five maybe ten percent increase in fuel mileage with the hybrid then maybe an 10% with the slipstream with a narrower nose. Where it really makes sense is vocational trucks. There mm-hmm. are more vocational trucks, trucks that work in the city, cement truck, gravel truck, tow truck, uh, crane truck, picker truck, all these little trucks that work in a city that can take massive advantages of the stop and go, the regen braking, the smooth acceleration. That is always going to be our main target for a long time. Do you realize there's 400,000 of these sold every single year? Oh, but hey, oh, 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 we're never going to be able to touch that market alone, let alone I, the long haul market. I didn't say that we wouldn't. I'm just saying that, hey, I have big dreams for Edison Motors. I think 10 years down the line, we definitely could be considering trucks oh, in yeah. all sectors that's and you know what there's a lot of guys that work logging that want like a 36 inch 48 inch bunk there'll be somebody that you can order a kit an edison truck because you think it's cool and you will partner with like ari you can put the nicest custom sleeper you want on it i have no problem with making a long haul truck or adapting it for it mm. but we're not going to be building anytime soon a purpose-built wide cab no no and i e880 like they're, they're, we're not gonna have the fra- the Edison Cascadia truck. I I did take it I didn't I didn't think that either. I didn't think we were going to the Cascadia for the second build. First proof of concept, then the logging truck, then the Cascadia. <laughs> Just the ultimate highway version with all the creature comforts. Yeah. You know what? Don't get me wrong. I would love to build a highway truck like that because like. When you got external electric power, you could have a nice stove range in there. <laughs> All your fridge, you don't have to worry about an AP. Like, oh my gosh, we built such a nice highway truck. These truckers in the U.S. drive for 11 hours a day, and then they have 13 hours to do whatever they want with on their time. If mm. we have a ton of electrical power with that 100, 200 kilowatt hour battery, like oh. they don't need to run an APU. They can have they can have their truck shut off. That's a big thing for these mega carriers. I'm actually thinking about this now. Look at look at me go. Anyways, this is that's that's no no no. Far let me follow from... up this train of thought while I still have this train of thought, or else I'm gonna lose <laughs> okay, it. Okay okay. I'll write it so, down. Yeah right. Yeah. Make <laughs> we're recording a podcast of the Edison for the long haul because I wasn't I couldn't think of the advantages for the hybrid for a long haul guy. 
but it's not in the truck itself on the driving. It's in the driver creature comforts after that, because if you, a lot of companies, they're like, don't idle. We don't want idling trucks. We don't want trucks to idle in the cold. We don't want them to idle in the heat and run their AC. We can run all that because we have 100, 200 kilowatts hours of battery power. We can mm. literally, like, you can run your heat on full tilt for, like, four or five days straight. No, almost two weeks, three weeks straight. Just off the power you had on a 100 kilowatt battery. You could run your AC for as long as you want. You can run stoves. You can run cooking elements. You could run a 72-inch TV. Well, with hold, hold, hold the phone here. Let's just think about that. It, that massive traffic, that 24-hour traffic jam that's going on right now. Can you imagine if an Edison Motors uh, truck was in that situation right now? He could be making food for people in his big-ass um, bunk where he's got a stovetop there and fridge. Like, this could be helping people out in a situation like that. They could be running. They could be charging their stuff off that. Like, this could be helping people out in a situation like that, having an Edison truck in a situation like that. Oh, can you imagine the amount of power you have available the things you could put heated floors in that sleeper like just genuinely you turn on the, the heated floors your floors warm up you're walking around barefoot when she's 30 below outside mm. Heat blankets all the extra little things you can have and you never have to worry about your company ever asking you to idle a truck you never have to turn on a, an external apu never have to run your truck at night because that external power, if you're working in a cold thing and you don't have your truck plugged in, like the engine heater plugged in, we can run the engine heat lines to the battery so that overnight it keeps your coolant warm, it keeps your oil warm in that diesel generator. It keeps. We could put a whole extra option where it just heats the whole engine bay in the wintertime, like a little electric heater in the engine bay, 40 below, your truck's warm and good to go. And you can start driving immediately from the truck stop with the electric motors. Yes, I have advantages in the creature comfort area. Even though there's only a, like a 5-10% increase in fuel mileage, the extra benefits would be there in the hybrid. Hey, yeah, I'm down the line. Priority one, not that, but Edison in 10 years, for sure. Uh, although if there's anybody from Freightliner and they thought that a hybrid was stupid because it didn't work for the long haul, it's still stupid. Don't get into this business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Austin. I went on a tangent there because I never had that thought before on how it was appropriate for the long haul because just the engineering on the driving said no. Uh, what other questions you got here? Well... <laughs> Sorry, I've got to get the train of thought going again here. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. It, it happens. Yeah, just a oh, bit. I should go into the one part for the investors that I got to do for everybody because we didn't go through like a crowdfunding app. Uh, I got to let everybody know the risks of investing with a private company. You know, the, the shares aren't publicly traded. It's riskier than investing in GM or anything like that. You're literally investing in a private startup company as if you were to we're treating it as if you were investing in a buddy's company and you gave him a thousand bucks and said, go for it. That's a level of risky investment. Be traded until we're listed publicly. And you're just either hoping for being listed publicly and getting some money off of speculation or dividend payments. When we start making money and we send the profits back to the shareholders, that's what we're hoping for. But yeah. I'm assuming you're aware of the risks and you're okay with that. You're talking to me? 
Yes. Yeah. Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I find that it, like interesting. I know you have to say it. So we're saying it because you have to, and that's great, but it's like, why do you, people should know when they're, <laughs> when you're buying into a startup company like this, I think people should just know that, but Hey, we have to say it. So we're saying it. Yeah. So, hey, you invested off a guy that you saw on TikTok who made the company name a meme. It might be a little mo- bit more risky <laughs> than General Motors. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the thing. That sounds crazy, but it's like, oh, my gosh. It, 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 it sounds like so crazy. Like you invest off some guy off TikTok, but it's going so well so far. It so, is. It is. But, I mean, it could be there are inherent risks investing in a private company is that Maybe the idea just falls short. It doesn't work. One of the big guys comes in, crushes us. We get buried under some kind of weird patent law. Like, there's little risks that are just hidden. I mean, there's a risk that I could get killed in a car accident tomorrow. And Chase Edison Motors wouldn't skip a beat. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you know, honestly, though, that's one of the things I've really been trying to work on. Oh, is so building up a good team of people so it's not just resting on me. Between like you, Brendan, like the engineers we got, Eric, Ted, like we've got about on the list of people working for SCI, about 20 people that are now working for SCI. And they all have either marketing or uh, some kind of specialty in the business that they're focused on that I'm hoping that, you know, if something were to happen to me, that Edison could keep going. Uh-huh. So yeah. just from my point of view here, um, I'd rather, you know, take a gamble on, again, a couple of, you know, regular blue collar guys in hopes that something good comes from it. Because... My faith in big companies and stuff, it just isn't there anymore. They don't give a shit about their shareholders or, you know, little guys like me and you. You do. So I'd I'd rather take that risk. And even if it goes wrong, whatever. It was. Well, me, like. That means a lot, Austin. That does. It it does. And like, like, well, like a buddy of mine uh, from town here, my buddy Steve was over the other day and we were talking about this. He'll be investing here too and uh we had the chat like <laughs> blue collar guys i don't know about you fellas but like um i've uh had the odd bad night where a thousand bucks goes like that and it's gone never mind yeah. actually going to something yeah like yeah. honestly like i've put a thousand dollars to much worse things yeah I mean, realistically like a thousand dollars if we were to hit the same level as nikolai truck company that didn't even have a real truck that would be a thousand share like a thousand shares in the company it would be worth almost two and a half three million dollars for that thousand dollar investment so like there is some benefits that if we did get to the size of nikolai everyone that invested a thousand dollars is going to be a millionaire well that's the thing like there is the possible huge upside yeah exactly but there's also a possible downside that you might lose a thousand bucks. So I yeah. am asking everybody to like, don't invest any money that you're not comfortable losing. Hopefully we'd never lose it, but don't invest any money that like, don't bank your retirement savings on me. Don't put that level of stress. Well, on I, 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 most people, most middle-aged people like are like awesome stuff. Like anyone dropping a thousand dollars here. I don't think we're bankrupting anyone, but if there is anyone who like is looking between buying food 
for their kids or investing in Edison Motors, you better be buying the food for your kids. Well, I won't beat the shit out of somebody. They're like, I gave you all the money. Yeah. You'll <laughs> beat the shit out of an investor. You, I don't know if you can say that. Oh, yeah, I'll beat the shit Austin, out of Austin, can he say that? Yeah, I can mean, say that. Yeah, okay, okay, Austin. If a guy you. doesn't buy food for their kids because they wanted to send Edison Motors money, I'm going to beat the shit out of them, and I feel like that's a fair <laughs> statement to make. <laughs> That's that's a great business quality to have because there's business out there that would take every last penny and not give a shit. Probably Nikolai, the owner of Nikolai would for sure. Nick's, it's Nicholas. I'm calling it Nikolai. Is it Nikolai? It it's Nikola because Nikola Tesla. I it, right, it is. Yeah, you keep calling it Nikolai. It's driving me well, mental. Nikola Tesla was a cool guy, and I don't feel like fucking up his name with that company. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Was Tesla a cool guy? Nick, Nikola Tesla was a no. Sorry, te- te- uh, no. Uh, I I mixed up our companies here. <laughs> Edison. Edison was the kind of the guy that was a dick. He electrocuted an elephant for some <laughs> fucking reason. Hey, by the way, someone commented on your TikTok and they said uh, Edison was a bad guy. So do we have to rename the company now? I had no idea that Edison was a dick. Oh no, we never knew that Edison was a bit of a dick. <laughs> oh shoot, we should probably rename the history it. of anybody. From like the late 1800s, early 1900s, you're like, oh yeah, that person's a dick. Like almost every historical feature is a dick by today's standard. I would agree with that. I, I, I think so. Like there's very few of them that you're like, you're like, oh yeah, this is a per- nice person. He gave to charity. He had a fair employment standards. He owned slaves. You're like, fuck. Well, like even Abraham Lincoln's like revered to be this amazing, great leader. It's like, I'm pretty sure he was probably a jerk. <laughs> He was known to be a bit of a dick, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, but hey, hey, that's just a different time, okay? I mean, it's fair. You're, you're dealing with the stress of a civil war. You're allowed to be a bit of a dick. I yeah, mean, and... guy, honestly, there's not a lot I can say about Abe Lincoln, but, like, you look at some of the other people, and you're like, oh, man, ugh. Like, at least Thomas Edison, his worst thing was, is, like, he hired a bunch of people, he took their events, he panicked the electric he electrocuted an elephant but for some reason that was a weird time in human history where everyone was like yeah just kill all the animals and we were like oh animals have rights now they just for some reason what the fuck was wrong in the 1800s where they're like oh yeah well, okay i need to bring it up we've already talked about it once before but there was that elephant that killed its trainer and then they hung it uh, I, I yeah yeah, like that. That's again in the nineteen early nineteen late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Like, hey, this elephant killed the guy. We are going to hang it from the neck until death with a crane. That must have been one hell of a strong rope. What? No, no. Like they hung it with a crane, like a cable, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess steel cable. That makes sense. Yeah, but that's just <laughs> hilarious to me. Like, ah, this elephant killed the man. Let's hang it to death. You're, you're saying the 1800s was a weird time in human history. What do you think people are going to say about this time in human history? Oh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Oh, my God. I wonder if there's going to be some historian listening to this podcast. And like, <laughs> they were talking about how the other generation was dicks. And look at them. <laughs> yeah. Least, uh, uh, we can't get too political. But... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's not get yeah. into politics too far. But, yeah. We're a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 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 So yeah, Thomas yeah. Edison wasn't a great guy. Turns out like nobody in history was. But the name <laughs> funny as hell, so I like it. Yeah, Very that's... good. 
Um, I mean, it's just a it's a big play, and you know what I like is that like, <laughs> oh, Elon Musk is basically Thomas Edison as a person, but he named his company Tesla. Whoa, whoa, whoa! He steals ideas. What? Yeah, did you not know that? But no, he's the, he's the guy that owns a company that hires an incredibly talented, smart pool of engineers that design the things for him, and he overmanages it. That is what Thomas Edison did. Not saying have bright of his own, but that is what Edison did. That's and a good also, point. Edison was the biggest backer of the electric car because he believed that battery technology is the way forward in the future. And he thought if we design cars and electric cars, that's going to force the improvement we need in the battery industry. And that is literally what um elon musk idea is build the electric car that's going to build in the bigger batteries it's going to help electrify everything and move us away from fossil fuels and that's what thomas edison's idea was back in 1903 i uh, i never thought about it in that way we're like oh yeah he just stole people's like he just claimed the patents all that I'm like that is kind of what tesla does like that's a good point that's what all never companies about it like do that. nowadays. I never thought that's, about it like that, though. Like, what, maybe Edison wasn't so bad. He's just normal. Yeah. I mean, it was not really a thing at the time. It used to be that the inventor patented it and then would develop the product, and he would sell his product. That was how it was in the 1800s. Thomas Edison was one of these first few people. You're like, hey, you're a really smart group of people. Can you invent things for me? And then I'm going to put the patent on it and sell it. That's just mm-hmm. a standard business nowadays. Back then, that wasn't really done because inventions were simpler back in the time. Like if you invented a new teapot that sat on your wood stove, that's a pretty simple invest- invention. You didn't need a team of engineers. You invented a new horse-drawn carriage or a new suspension for your carriage. That's simple. One man can build it. Yeah. And then this all of this the- steel is springy. Let's put spring steel in. Hey, look at this guy. He's a genius. I mean, a lot of of the things used to be invent, like blacksmiths making things. Then you hit the Industrial Revolution, and then you got steam engines. And then the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s, you started getting complex internal gas engines. Now that might need a few people working on it. And Edison was at that point where it's like, hey, we need a lot of inventors making things. We need a lot of different ideas. And he started bringing in teams. It was done well before him. He wasn't the original guy. He really took advantage of that thing. And back in the day, Edison's stealing other people's ideas. No, he's just hiring people for his company to make ideas. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, we are at a long time here. I was going to do some wrap-up questions. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <clears throat> no, 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 no. All good. I- um. I was going to ask Austin, like, the regular questions because we didn't really get to that. Like, hey, Austin, if you could do another job, what would be a dream job of yours? Jeez, that's a tough one, actually. I know. It's always a good one, though. You get to think about it. If you weren't out in a bush logging away, what would you be up to? Is millionaire an option? Yes, just simple millionaire. In Edison Motors. Yeah, you have to invest in Edison Motors. A good 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 call so far. Yeah. Um geez. You know, well it probably still be wow, that's tough. Still something blue collar though? Probably, yeah. I you know, maybe um oh, maybe 
mechanicing or something. I don't know. I don't really know anything else is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but like... if you to suddenly have a knowledge of everything, given every job you know out there, you knew everything, you were an expert in the field suddenly, what would you pick? Maybe leave it with mechanic. There's a little, if, if any mechanics are listening, they just cried a little bit on the inside. They love that. They're like, oh, someone wants to do what I do. Well, or there's some mechanic being like, no, don't. That's a bad yeah. answer. Well, <laughs> the problem with that is I already do it for myself anyways is the thing, right? So I don't know if mm. that's really technically. I, is, is porn star an option? Porn star. <laughs> yeah, it is. Finally, it somebody is. said that. that. Yeah, let's uh... go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Okay, good to you, man. Um, dream big, buddy. <laughs> or or dream little, depending yeah, on what well, has being a porn star. Maybe um uh, in all seriousness yeah, seriousness though. Probably I I think one of the coolest things would be uh I wouldn't mind yeah, going like uh gold mining or maybe uh trucking up in northern northern canada or alaska or something just something up there yeah i've always wanted oh, gold mining like a, running a small little like placer operation in the yukon would be so much fun i oh, think that would be pretty cool that would be damn cool i'd probably like to try that if, I if you run, run your own like small little operation up gold mining yeah. i think that'd be a blast yeah that that would be pretty damn cool do you ever see? I it was on one of the gold shows in the past. I don't know if they ever made it really big, but they decided to do like a scaled down version, and they hellied everything in like mini excavators, mini yeah. sluice plants, like so small. I'm like, that would be awesome. Like, yeah, just I go do. I don't know what it was on, but that was so yeah. cool. I was like, that'd be so much fun. Just a small version of it, like having just a mini hole loading a little sluice plant, like just a tiny operation. Yeah, that that uh, that was on uh, that was on Gold Rush. That was that. Uh, uh, Dakota Fred and his son, Fred Hurt and his son, because we did that. Oh, I, yeah. I don't even remember, right. but that, I thought that would be so cool. Yeah. Oh, I brought supplies up to one of those operations back in my early trucking days. The, the really small one, Chase, these guys were like, it was like he- all heli in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all heli. We drove up oh, the shit. way up the Canal Road to like as far as we could get with a truck. And then a helicopter would meet us, pick up the stuff, and then fly it way up and into wherever they were working. He was on like a half hour 40 minute round trip and like he couldn't take much and we had to sit there for two three days while they unloaded this truck little piece by piece hmm. yeah. Pretty yeah. Neat. yeah oh uh what would be your dream truck that's one of the other questions if you could pick any truck money's not an option if you don't say an edison truck i'm gonna be mad at you okay, <laughs> okay. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding that are currently available right I guess that question changes now <laughs> it, it will change when the prototype's out well, <laughs> of, of the trucks that are currently available uh money no object what would you buy or so build or... if if i could build a truck the funny thing is i've got a whole bunch of parts of it here because i was kind of starting that as it is <laughs> but um I'd love to have, well, I've got the P10 here. So a P10 Pacific on a heavy spec tri-drive frame with a, probably a, you know, some big cat engine C15 turned up or something, 18 and a four and a nice big 60 ton winch on it. Oh, um, yes. Yes. That is, that is also my dream truck right there. <laughs> Just 
that you're the first person we've had on that has named my dream truck as their dream truck. Good, great minds think alike. Or idiots never differ, one of the two, I don't know. Idiots never <laughs> differ. Yeah, probably that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, all good. Um, I don't know, I think we're wrapping things up. Thanks for coming on, Austin. Is there anything, like, do you have any social media guys can find yet? Yeah, I've got uh, TikTok, which is, um, I think it's just my name, Austin.Linderman, or something along those lines. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Thanks, Thanks, perfect. And then um, I've got an Instagram too. It's Caterpillar941B, I think. I'm sorry, I'm bad on these names, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'm sure we can find you. Awesome, though. Thanks a bunch for coming on. This is great. Unless, Chase, you have any other questions? Yeah, no, that's it. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it was a great podcast. And if you have any questions in the future uh, about Edison, feel free to send me a text or give me a call anytime. And yeah, you bet. Um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks was, for investing in us. Yeah, awesome. that was that was fun. And I mean, if there's any ever ever anything I can do to, you know, help out with the project or whatever. As far as I don't know anything, let me know um, too. Yeah, care, careful when offering that because uh, hey, come over and uh, start working on the truck. I, I'm <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, let's go. Honestly, that's kind of the plan when we get to doing the build part. Once the parts arrive is like, I'm just going to stock the fridge with beer. We'll get a bunch of people over here. We'll get pizza. We'll crank the rock music and we'll just, whoever wants to show up, show up and (laughs) figure out how to build the truck. I can weld and fabricate half-ass good. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Thanks for coming on. Um, Have a good rest of your night. Yeah, you too. You guys have a good one.